Welcome along to the Loftcast. I'm Paul Morrissey from the club's media team, and I'm joined today by club ambassador Andy Sinton and my media colleague, social influencer Andy Watkins. The Isles made it three league wins in a row with Saturday's 3-2 victory over Luton, a match which proved to be your archetypal game of two halves. We'll be looking back on that and also getting the verdict of a man who has become a regular under Mark Warburton, 21-year-old Ilias Chair. On top of that, we'll look ahead to Saturday's game in South London against Millwall. It's all right here on the Loftcast. Okay, well, looking back on that game, it was, uh, well, quite the game, wasn't it? We'll go into more detail in a, a moment, but firstly, just generally since, it, it was, like I just said in the intro, the, the archetypal game of two halves. Certainly was. It was, a, it was a brilliant game of football, actually. You know, a great advert for um, the championship. We totally dominated the first 35 minutes, but they came in at the second half, so we really had to dig deep and uh, find a way. Also a great advert for pacemakers, <laughs> how everyone was feeling in the second half. Um, but looking at, at the start, well, it was, it was fantastic. It was, it was one of those where you're just watching it and thinking, this, this is inc- really, really incredible football. After 28 minutes, we're 3-0 up. We've hit the crossbar twice. And it was probably, well, it's, it's the best opening of a, of a game I've seen by, by QPR and I, I, you know, I, I really struggle to remember a time where, that was more dominant opening 30 minutes. We were, from the, from the first whistle, we were outstanding the way we went about our business. Uh, you know, just coming back off the international break, you're never sure what you're going to get. You know, players being away, the little break maybe interrupt you because we're going in on the back of two league wins. You know, Wigan and excellent performance up at Sheffield, so you, you're hoping, not quite sure, but... Uh, you know, you, to go in front after three minutes at home, big, big crowd in front of your own fans, um, great stri- strike from Iberi. Uh Possibly the keeper might have done a little bit better, but uh, that, that doesn't matter for us, you know, but it was a great start. And from that moment, we just kept it going. Luton couldn't get out. Luton could not cope with the pace, the movement, the way we moved the ball, uh, the, the, the tackling, the, the energy, the intensity, you know, I'm using all these words, but that was there. It was absolutely outstanding first 30 minutes of football. How exciting is it to be a player that plays in that situation where all the, all the flicks are coming off, almost doing it a disservice? It wasn't about all the fancy flicks coming off, it was just about the, the nature of the, of the play. How enjoyable is it as a player when you're out there and, and you are so dominant as a team? That's what you I mean, would. I'll take you back to Old Trafford. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, it wasn't as good as that. Uh, um, I'm privileged to be at the training ground a few times and I see some of the stuff the guys are working with, with Mark and his staff, you know, and it was, you know, he loves to dominate the ball, but he really wants a, a high energy intensity to the game. And we saw that, you know, but uh, full of confidence, the way we moved the ball, creating chance after chance after chance. And as I said, Luton, decent side actually but they just couldn't cope for for 30 minutes or so just in just going away from the game for a moment you mentioned you, you see some of the training sessions that are put on at Harlington by Mark Warburton how does that compare to to your time as a player do you see similarities in his approach or is it quite a modern approach to, to how he coaches well it's a, obviously it is a modern approach because you have to move with the times and the game evolves the game changes but Mark you know well I think from day one, been really, really impressed with him. You know, his positiveness comes shining through no matter 
who you're talking to, whether it's players behind the scenes, off, off the field. Uh, really, really well organised. Usually one of the first ones, if not the first one at the training ground. You know, he's prepared, he knows what he's doing in two, three weeks' time, but he'll tweak that. Um, so I know we're only seven games into the season, but uh, I can't give him enough credit at that moment. And um, everything was going so swimmingly well, and you think it, it just wouldn't be QPR for this just to play out over the course of 90 minutes. <laughs> and uh, just before half-time, uh, what a, a mistake at the back, and suddenly Luton up. Well, in theory, you think they're not back in it because we're still two goals to the good, but that goal just before half-time from Harry Cornick, it changed... The, the feel in the stadium, you've gone from three, air, three stands all yeah. enjoying it to suddenly being muted and the, the away stand was suddenly full of voice. Even though we were two goals to the good, it, it completely changed the feel of the game, didn't it? Yeah, it was, um, it was bizarre because we were so dominant that half an hour. It could have been, I know you, sometimes you say it and you, you kind of exaggerate but it, could have been, it, yeah. it wouldn't have been an exaggeration to say we could have been five or six nil up at half time it was just relentless sort of you know I was trying to keep up with tweeting all the chances hitting the crossbar like a beer was just everywhere mm. and it was it and it was, was a great save to deny him um, the tip onto the crossbar yeah what a save you know yeah. I think he hits that one with his scores with his right foot from 25 yards he shifts the, the second one onto his left foot and hits it even better and it was a hell of a save because mm. I think was actually slightly behind the goalkeeper when he when he got his touch on it, but uh, but yeah, I agree with Water Ebere in that opening thirty minutes was pretty much unplayable. I mean, that would have been some hat trick, right foot from twenty five <laughs> yards, left foot twenty five yards, and then the back of his head. Yeah, but um, yeah, but yeah just, the goal changed. Didn't yeah, it? completely. It was just it was weird because you'd gone from everyone sort of purring about how well we're playing and you know this is going to be a brilliant afternoon. You know, we're three 0 up. We're we're, we're coasting, but we're not even coasting because we're not taking our foot off the pedal. We're just going at them again and again and again. And then suddenly, yeah, from, from nowhere, um, obviously the mistake at the back. And they've, they've got this goal that, you know, from absolutely nothing. So you're not thinking, oh, OK, Luton, are, you know, they're sort of... Carved us open. No, exactly. And then, obviously, just at the end of the first half, suddenly... Yeah, you could tell that, you know, the, the mood in the, the stadium had changed and suddenly towards the end of the half we were just they had a couple of sort of half chances and you're thinking right let's just get through to half time at 3-1 and you're kind of going in at half time it was a strange one because you thought that you'd be going in at half time thinking 3-0 wow what a first half and instead you're thinking right <laughs> the next goal is really important in this one um, let's you know I was thinking let's just get the fourth because they've not really had anything let's just get the fourth goal kill it off um, and then obviously as as it happened, the worst thing happened was that they got that goal right at the start of the second half and it was a completely different game to, I think, what everyone was expecting when it was half an hour in and thinking, well, this could be absolutely anything. So, yeah, it was, a, it was amazing how much it did change the game, but it just goes to show that that's exactly what can happen. At half-time, I said, in my highly intellectual opinion, I said, the next goal means it's either game over or panic <laughs> on and three minutes into the second half and they make it 3-2 uh, with a close range effort from James Collins who we spoke about last week we knew the threat that he posed and again it, I'll take you back again since uh, as a player that must be quite a strange situation because I think everybody in the stadium even the most confident Luton fan at 3-0 thinks QPR have got the three points so it would only be natural 
for the players, regardless of how professional or how focused they are, at 3-0 to think that we've won the game. So all of a sudden it's 3-2 and there's still 40 minutes to play. Is it quite hard to not get going again like you've stopped, but suddenly to change your mindset to we've won the game to we need to work really hard to, to ensure we do win the game? It's just the way the game ebbs and flows. You know, I, I, I was talking to someone on Saturday night, 3-0 so early is a really strange scoreline because in all intents and purposes, the game's won or lost. Um, you know, and it, it, it should be. But once that first one goes in and we gift them it, there's a feeling that you think, you know what, if they get the next one, we've got game on here. And a little bit of apprehension can set in. And I sensed a little bit in the second half, you know, just a little bit of nervousness around the stadium yeah. transmitting to the players yeah. because you've had the game won then you, you're in you've danger you've almost got to win it again you're in danger of throwing it away and it would have been listen if we hadn't have won the game after that first 40 minutes of football um, it would have been a travesty but just shows you the game's never over one mistake can tip the balance to the opposition's favour and uh, but yeah we saw through and it was it was a really really good win on the flip side of that if you were on the Luton team and you're 3-0 down and suddenly it's 3-2, there must be such an extra spring in your step if you're, if you're in that scenario. Well, first of all, a 3-0, the way the game was going, you, you, you Luton... It was almost, prob- you're thinking, damage limitation yeah, if you're of a they're, Luton They're probably just trying to get some sort of foothold in the game, which we, credit to us, and the way we were playing didn't allow them mm. to. It was relentless, it was wave after wave after wave. But that was probably the... the the disappointing thing about the mistake that leads to their game, it just gives them a glimmer. It gives them that little foothold. Um, they get in at half-time, and I know what the Luton manager will be saying, we need to score the next goal, just like you've said. We need to, we score the next goal, game on. This place will get nervous, this place will get uh, apprehensive, and it, and, it, and it did a little bit, but um, no, credit to Luton. You know, they, they also in the second half, they... Uh, they got the early goal, but they changed the way they played. I think they denied us the spaces that we were so good at utilising in the first half. But you know, you, you hear me saying time and time again on commentary: you know, goals change games. Goals change your persona of the players on the pitch. They change the mood in the stadium, and it, it, it can flip. And uh, from totally dominant, we had to really dig deep to earn a valuable win. Yeah, and thankfully we did do that. Um, Watto, from a social media perspective, what was the reaction like after the game? Um, I mean, after similar, like, similar to what was going on on the game, because during the, the first half, all I could see was, you know, the tweets coming in about people saying they hadn't seen, like you were saying, seen such a dominant first half in the style of football that we were playing. And then it was the, the second half was our typical QPR, you know, we can't ever do it the easy way, you know, it'd only be QPR to, to try our best to throw it away now. And, I think it was um, it was a strange one afterwards. I think everyone was obviously overriding feeling of, of relief and the fact that, as Sint says, you know, it would have been a travesty if we hadn't won that game, considering how well we played in that first 35 minutes. Um, so it was a combination of a brilliant first half, b disappointing that in the end, you know, we've had to dig so deep to actually win the game, um, but credit credit was given to you know the, the guys at the back especially for for the pressure that they came under and salute and you know suddenly from nowhere we're obviously piling it on late on and we were sort of hanging on for for dear life so you know credit to the to the team that you know for, for seeing it out in the end and 
yeah, just one of those that I think the fans, like us, were, were looking forward to enjoying a nice, comfortable afternoon, which in the end it was, it was far from. Since, um, how do you think Luton will get on this season? They've had a mixed start following their promotion from League One, seven points from their opening seven games. I think they'll be okay with what they've got. Um, sometimes when you play a newly promoted team very early in the season, it's always a difficult game because mm. they're, they're coming to you on the back of you know winning the league or gaining promotion, and that carries them through, and they get to a point where it, it starts to get a little bit more difficult uh, for them. But uh, now they've got some good players. Um, you know, we mentioned James Collins last week. He was relatively quiet on Saturday in terms of chances, but... He's always going to score goals, and if you look what else they've got on this side, so I, th- I, I think they'll be, I think they'll be okay. And uh, it's a club that's gone through some really tough times in recent years, and uh, they're back in the league playing against us. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think they'll be absolutely fine. So, at what stage do you start to look at the league table? I think you look at it all the time because <laughs> uh, you, you you have a look where you are you have a look at who you might have beat and where they are and you try mm. to get a gauge of you know how things are going realistically I don't really think the league table pans out true reflecting as almost someone that bucks the trend at yeah. either end of the table but I think you look after about 10 games that's normally a yardstick of where you're where you're at so what are we we're sitting seventh after seven games give us another couple of games see where we are then uh as I say, made a really, really good start. Credit to Mark, credit to everyone at the club for what they've done during the summer. You know, it's a, it a strange summer, difficult summer, which we've talked about. A lot of comings and a lot of goings, um, comings and goings. But credit to Mark, his staff, and the players for the way they bedded down, implemented the style of playing. And uh, it's really enjoyable to watch. Mm, it really is enjoyable to watch. 13 points from our opening seven games, Watts. So I think it's fair to say. That's exceeded most expectations, and that's not been rude. But at the start of the season, obviously last year we finished 19th in the table. In the summer, there was huge transition: a number of players out, number of players in. Obviously, Luke Freeman, who was uh, pivotal to scoring goals or creating yeah. goals last season, he leaves to go to Sheffield United in the Premier League, and the question marks about who's going to create our goals, who's going to score our goals. Obviously, Matt Smith got his fair share of goals for us. He moved on to Millwall, so. There was that almost uncertainty about how we would start the season. So it's, it's certainly been a, a very encouraging start. Yeah, as you say, I think certainly from the outside, um, and I think if you ask the bookies at the start of the season, we were certainly tipped to be, to be down towards the bottom. And obviously we're only, we're only seven games in, it's very early days. But I think people were thinking of all, you know, as you mentioned, the likes of Luke Freeman leaving, who was... You know the sort of standout performer last season, and so people were thinking, well, without him, where are we going to create the goals? Where are we going to score the goals? And you know, now we've got you know the the front four, as we saw on Saturday with Abira, Elias, Jordan, and Naki up front. Suddenly, you're thinking, well, we've got threats suddenly all over the place. So um, yeah, it's very early days, but certainly encouraging. And I think more so than the points that we've got on the board, just the the style of the of play that you know we're seeing now and. You know, it's so enjoyable to watch, and as you, you know, the, the games, the couple of games that we have lost, um, you know, they were games that we were we were well in and could have gone either way. So it's not even like okay, well, we've played Bristol City and Swansea, who are clearly far and away above us. You know, because on the day, 
the Bristol City game, you know, apart from a, you know, a mistake and their goal out of nothing, we could easily have got something there. So, and know, Swansea at one-one, it yeah. looked like there was only one going to be one winner. Yeah. So you know, the points tally is encouraging, but I think more so the style of play that we've got and the options that we've got. And I think you know, on Saturday we looked at the bench and you thought, you know, flipping it, there's the players on the bench that it's a very strong bench now. So considering all the the changes over the summer. It's, um, yeah, I mean, obviously Mark's done a, a very, very good job and long may it continue. You mentioned Mark Warburton's style of play and he has got a, a set style of play, but he's also got variety in how that style of play is, is put on show, if you like. At the start of the season, it was more a 4-2-3-1 and interestingly, at, at half-time against Wigan, he switched, when we were 1-0 down, he switched it to three at the back and then obviously went on to, to beat Wigan 3-1 and he's... He stuck with that formation to date. After the game on Saturday, he was asked by the media whether that is now his formation. And he said, no, he said, it depends on who you're up against. And he said, and obviously, we have got variety in, in how we can play. He said, but I wouldn't say that is my formation now for the season. He, he does look at how opposition line up, et cetera, et cetera. What, what have you made in terms of the, the change in formation? Well, jumping back to the point you just made about him not saying that's definitely the way we're going to play, um, I quite like that because you have to be adaptable, you have to be flexible, both from game to game, but actually within games. And we saw him move it within a game, and I think that's the sign of really good coaching or management that you recognise something during a game, mm. and you're big enough and you're brave enough to, to, to make that decision. And since then, I don't think we've looked back. Second half against Wigan, we were outstanding, uh, you know, score three goals. Sheffield Wednesday, absolutely outstanding. And Saturday, I know we've talked uh, a, lot, a, a lot about the game already, but, you know, really, really good for long periods of the game. You know, the personnel that we have in the team seems to suit that system. Um, you know, the three at the back allows our wing-backs, Ryan Manning, Angel Rangel or, or Todd Kane at the weekend, to play really high and wide. Ryan Manning, almost the first half on Saturday, almost played as an out-and-out -out winger. Really, really high, really wide. You know, that stretches the opposition. If you're using the full width of the pitch, and that's where Luton couldn't cope, you know. The formation for me, more importantly for me, and this is just a personal point of view, it allows you to get two strikers. You're playing with two out-and-out -out strikers, and when you've got someone like Jordan Hugel in your side and Naki Wells in your side, you're going to be a threat. Added to that, the creativity behind him in a Berry and Ilias cheer, that four is going to cause any team's problems and mm. so um, and I, I would just like to give credit to even though he's not the flair player I would like to give a lot of credit to uh, Dominic Ball as well what have the, you made of him so far? I think he's done really really well you know he had a good pre-season um, you know, missed out the first game of the season for for, for reasons but um, yeah, he's come back in he's mobile he's competitive reads the game really well and he does how can I say this he does the unselfish thing that doesn't necessarily catch the eye, but if you're going to get Ilias Chair on the ball, you're going to get a Berriese on the ball, you're going to work those front two, you're going to play high and wide with your wingbacks. You need someone just to sit in that middle of the park, keep it tight, keep it locked up, if you like, and just saying to those, go on, go and play, and I'll do. I'll be your insurance policy. And I think he's done that. He's still a young lad, still learning his trade, but he's been really impressive as well. Does that give the creative players, I know it gives them the licence to go forward, but also it, it, it takes away a little bit of the, the fear of if I lose the ball here, I'm, I'm exposing my teammates. It, it almost allows them, look, when, if and when you do lose the ball, 
you know you've got Dominic Ball sat there as, a, as an anchor and it sort of gives them greater freedom when they have it. 100%. Well, going back to the three at the back, you've got your three defenders and you've got Dominic sitting in front. Mm. Your wing backs are high. So if, if teams do break on you, one of your, your outside centre-back can get across and Dominic can just fill in. Or Dominic can be the first one across into where your, your wing backs left the space. So it's, uh, it's working really, really well. So uh, again, credit the mark. You saw something in that uh, Wigan Athletic game. And uh, what was it? Three wins in a row. Three wins in a row is right in the league. And Watto, Ilias Chair, he's, um, he's certainly started the season very well under Mark Warburg. Yeah, I mean, I, nothing that we, we didn't know that Ilias could do. Obviously, we've seen sort of flashes of uh, over the last couple of seasons, probably in the, the League Cup more than anything. And obviously, he's been out on, on loan. And, you know, with, with Stevenage last season, was, was making all the headlines with his ridiculous goals from 30, 40, 50 yards. But, you know, and it's been great that you know the last few games in particular when he's been been starting the games and he just looks so sort of accomplished and composed on the ball like he's been playing the championship for for years um and you know again on on Saturday with him and Abire linking up so well and you know just the unpredictability I guess of the opposition of what they're going to do and you can see the defenders you know and Ilias is there jinking one way is he going to pass it is he going to cross it is he going to have a shot so yeah he's been been really good great to have him back here and um I think we'll see a lot more of him and Abiri. And you, of course, um, as part of your role, you cover the under-23s regularly. And over the last couple of years, Ilias has, has featured at that level before he, he went out on loan to Stevenage last season. Um, aside from his abilities as a player, what's he like as a person? Funny enough, it's very when you when you speak to him, um, as you say, sort of a, an old head on, on young shoulders. I remember speaking to him, I think, after he made his, his debut um, his first team debut, and um, you know he wasn't. It wasn't like uh, yes, I've kind of made it. You know, it was uh, well. Yeah, this is just you know this is what I'm here to do. I want to be mm. playing in the first team. So, you know, sometimes you know kids they they make their debut, and it's like a big celebration. And I think it was testament to Ilias that it was just like well, yeah, no, obviously it's great to be. This is the start of the journey. Yeah, but it's just like this is what I want to be doing week in week out. I'm not happy that. I've just made my debut. I want to be playing <laughs> in the first team week in, week out. So, yeah, it's great that obviously I've, I'm, you know, I've been playing for the under-23s and today I've made my first team debut, but I'm not happy with just making my debut and then disappearing. I want to be a mainstay in this team and that's what he's proving now. Yeah, and we'll speak to him in a moment before we do. Since um, from one creative player to another, what are your thoughts on Ilias Chair? I think he's been excellent uh, since he's... What uh, is it you like about him? His busyness, he's always looking uh, to get on the ball. He's always looking to make something happen. Uh, very technical, as we can see. You know, He's got that low centre of gravity where he can go either way, uh, twists and turns. He actually sees passes that I don't think many other people see either. He played two on Saturday in between the, the, the centre-back and the full-back. There. there was one. I didn't see it uh, from my vantage point, you know. So he, he, he's got that in his locker to coin a phrase, if you like. But uh, now he's still, he, listen, he's still learning, young boy, but he's a very, very good player. He's getting better all the time. And coming back to what you say, great lad, works his socks off, wants to get better. He's not going to settle for, you know, a couple of pats on the back in the, in the first few games of the season. First thing for Ulia, see, he needs to cement a place in the team. And his performances in the last few weeks of, you know, he's going to do that. He's been really, really good. And obviously, 
you played at the very highest level for, in the Premier League, obviously, for, for England. So I would imagine there are times when you're watching championship football and you see certain passes that perhaps the player on the ball doesn't see. And frustration is probably the wrong word, but I can imagine you get, oh, I wish you'd have seen that pass. So when Ilias Chair is seeing these passes, does that show his potential? shows huge potential because your game awareness and your peripheral vision and your decision-making uh, is key to any player's development. And then the more you can do that and get more right than wrong, he, he will become a much, much better player than he is already. Um, you know, so I think he started really, really well. How far can he go? I think he can go a long, long way. I think he's got all the attributes. You know, he looks quicker this year. I'm sure he's not actually physically quicker, but that's probably... The confidence that comes through that makes you you look half a yard quicker. Or uh, we've seen him earlier in the season in the cup games. He played just off the front man. He can play two or three different roles. But uh, I think the role he's playing at the minute and the license that Mark has given him to go and get on the ball and be creative suits him down to the ground. But I'll also say he works his socks off for the team without the ball as well. And just before we we catch up, and it's also worth mentioning that. Almost certainly, with the best will in the world, Ilias will go through a, a dip in form at some point this season as well. And that's where he, he needs to be encouraged, doesn't he? Because he is only 21 years old and this is his first, potentially, hopefully, full season at championship level. That's going to be a natural thing for any young player. Um, being there myself, you know, you, you, you have your ups, you have your, your games where things like you were doing a few weeks ago aren't coming off not for the lack of trying so you just need to be patient Ilias needs to be patient with himself you know because sometimes when things aren't going as well for you you can try too hard Mark will and these coaching staff will recognise that and manage them properly and correctly but uh, the fans play a big big part as well the fans love to see these youngsters coming through um, and for that we, we, we thank them because you know any youngster likes to know that you've got the fans on on board on side but when he has a little dip in, in form. Don't get too hard on yourself. I was giving him some advice. Don't get too hard on yourself. That'll come again. It might just be a little temp temporary blip. But uh, going back to what we were saying, he's been, in the last few weeks, he's been, along with the rest of the team, he's been outstanding. He certainly has. Well, let's catch up now with Ilias Chair. <laughs> Ilias, thanks very much for joining us on the Loftcast. Well, firstly, that Luton game, what was that like to be involved in? Uh, it was a very good game to be involved in, to be fair. Yeah, I think the first 30 minutes was the best football we've played as a squad, as a, as a team. And uh, after that, I think everyone got a little bit carried away, getting too easy, getting that extra touch in. And that's why they came back and made it a tough game at the end. But I think you've got to get the positives out of it. We got the three points and now up to next week. How enjoyable was it to, to be part of that? Like you said, the first half an hour was incredible to watch where there just seems to be such an amazing understanding right through the team. Yeah, uh, that first half an hour, I felt like uh, I was on the playground back in the day. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was so good playing the ball, one, two touch. No one is really like selfish and everyone is moving the ball. It was just beautiful to play and, and that's how we should play every game. And the second half was a very different challenge, particularly after they made it 3-2 right at the start of the second half. 
in, in terms of obviously you're a creative player, so the first half is what you're about. The second half is it's an important part of your your armoury as well. How did you find that where you had to sort of dig in and protect the, the narrow lead? Well, to be fair, we saw the, like we had some we had some analysis, and still the second half we created some clear chances. It's not like okay, we have not been that good because the first 30 minutes while well, we were that good, but the second half we created some chances, and we all know. Uh, Jordan is going to bury them once uh, on another day. So if he buries them once the game is finished, and then we talk another like we talk about another game. But it is what it is. The second half, and we should score. We should be more clinical, and let's take it. Let's take it to the next game. As fans watching on, you sort of looking towards the the clock. How long's left? We're into the last five minutes. As players, do you find yourself doing that, having a look to see how long's left when it's such a, a narrow lead? I, I couldn't watch the game. I was watching the clock. <laughs> I, I couldn't watch the game. I, I was watching the clock when they. When I, I, I remember when they had a free kick and when Joe made that uncre- in yeah, incredible yeah. save. Yeah. That was that was like that wins your games. Mm. Although he made a mistake, this yeah fair fair play. Everyone got behind him, said no worries, and then look at the end. He he, he had that save and basically gave him the three points. Yeah, and that's where it's important, particularly for a goalkeeper, if you do make a mistake, that you don't let it impact on the rest of your game. And he showed that, didn't he? Yeah, that, so. exactly, exactly. Joey's been magnificent this season. He got some, like, obviously, the way we're trying to play, you have to sit, take some risks, and Joey's the last man. So if he loses the ball, he's straight back in the net. But fair play to him. He's been incredible, and couldn't be more happy with someone like Joe. And for you, I mean, you've got to be tired. I mean, this time last week you were in Mali. And prior to that, the weekend you were in Marrakesh, onto Mali. So you're in Mali on Tuesday night and you fly back Wednesday and then train Thursday, Friday, and then you start in the game Saturday and it's a game like that. Are you tired or is that young adrenaline keeping you going? Uh, that young adrenaline keeping me going, to be fair. <laughs> um, I, keep, I keep going. I keep trying to give my best to the team. Obviously, I've been travelling a lot lately. But as well for QPR, um, it gives you like you want to play as a youngster. You want to play. You want to play every game. You want to give your best and show the fans, show the gaffer, show the staff, show the players that you're hungry to play every single game. And that's what I'm trying to do. And I think I've been successful this season. But the most important thing is consistency. Yourself, Bere, Naki, Jordan Hugel. There's a lot of goals and creativity in there. Wing backs bombing on, playing really high and adventurous. Yeah. Yeah. How much work has gone into that free flowing football that we've seen, certainly in the last two and a half league games? Second half, Wigan up at Sheffield, where I thought you dominated the game and yeah. probably could have run out yeah. more comfortable winners. And as we said, certainly the first half Saturday, how much, how much work's gone into that? Well, it's every day, it's every day, it's uh, day in, day out. We're working every day with the whole squad, it's not only us. Is you have uh, a brat, you have a midday. Obviously, they they are attacking players as well, so they will probably going to have a big impact as well. Yep. But um, as of us four, like that's in the attacking third, me, Ebs, Jordan, and Naki. Yeah, we're trying to do our best. We're trying to we're trying to create. We're trying to do what the gaffer asks us to do, and uh, trying and is to that execute. What's, sorry to back in. Is that what the gaffer's asked? Does he say, you know? Ilias and Aberry, I want you on the ball as much as you can. I want you to be our 
creative sparks, if you like. Is he giving you that license, that freedom to go and express yourself? Yeah, yeah, he does. He, go, he gives us that confidence as well. He gives us that confidence to just go and, and trying to create and always always make smart decisions. It's not, uh, obviously, you can you can give someone a, a freedom to do whatever like he wants to create and stuff, but at the end of the day, it's about decisions, it's about winning games. So that's what, that's what really is the aim for us this year is, okay, yeah, we, it's nice to be on the stat sheet and everything, but we have to work in, in terms of the team. To work in terms of the team, so we have to capitalize everyone's uh, potential. And you can see, like Naki and Ebbs did wonderful against um, against Luton. Then you had Jordan that did wonderful against Sheffield. Then I try and do my part as well. And so does the so does Don Ball sit in. So does the back the back five or well, back three, and then the wing backs. Unbelievable. So yeah, I couldn't be more proud. Looks like you're a really cohesive unit and that's what I was asking how much work have you done now because it's it's clicking it's working it's exciting but there's there's two sides to the game isn't it there's with the ball without the ball as you've just touched on and you work very very hard as a group as a team yeah. without the ball yeah there's uh, to be fair like I said before week week in week out we work every single day and it's, it's not only with the ball like you said it's also of the ball and that's that's the, like believe it or not but that's Probably the most important thing in football, uh, without the ball, not getting goal, like not letting goals in. If you don't let a goal in, at least you'll come off the pitch with one point. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so that's that's the whole point. So we're trying to, we're trying to, even though we didn't have a, a clean sheet yet, we're trying to have that clean sheet and we're trying to, well, work as hard as possible and then explore ourselves in the final third. And, and he, he's working you hard as well because it's we're speaking to you now at four o'clock on a Monday afternoon and. Okay, for normal industries, nine to five is the norm. But for football, it's not unusual for players' days to finish at 1.30. But here we are at four o'clock. You've just been um, in a, an analysis meeting as well. So he is working you, you very hard during the week in the lead-up to those Saturdays as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's working us very hard. But I think if you want to be successful in life, you have to work hard. Um, no matter who you are, if you're a football player, if you're... If you just working on daily basis, if you see the staff as well, the staff is probably like longer at the training ground, working, working harder than everyone else. Uh, if you see uh, um, what the analysis guys do to prepare every week, uh, like now Millwall, they have to prepare it as well. So I think it's, it's just like the whole club, the whole club is working. And I think this year can be a very successful year if everyone looks in the right direction. Uh, last season, obviously, at Lona Stevenage, you had 16 games, scored six goals, and it seemed a week didn't pass without a Nilius Chair Worldie suddenly appearing everywhere. How much did that period benefit you in terms of your development as a player? Be benefit me a lot, <laughs> really, because um, I wasn't really sure to go on loan. I wasn't really sure. I said, ah, League Two, is it my football? Because I like to play and I like to keep the ball ticking and... And I wasn't really sure. And then experienced players like Angel, like uh, they came to me, Naki came to me, and they said, "Listen, no matter no matter what, you always you will always be that good player. You will always be that good player. But I think it's best for you to go out now and have that experience, have that experience to play for at least like three months, week in week out. Men's football is different. It's different when you play for when you play for something. When you play for three points, it's different than." on the 23s when we play for nothing so 
So it's been really good that long spell and gave me confidence as well. It gave me. I was. I'm already a confident guy, but that was well, me. <laughs> <laughs> From that time online, what did what did you? What do you feel you really got from it? Was it just, as I say, playing men's football, being successful, scoring goals, playing in front of crowds? What would you say was the, what did you, what did you benefit the most from going out online? I think understanding the game, understanding the game. It's, uh, obviously, when you're a young player, you want to show yourself. But sometimes it's not because, because you want to show yourself, you're doing a little bit too much, you're running too much, you're getting out of position, you, you're doing that stuff. But I know I've, I have not that experience like some players have in the squad, but that is actually is actually true. Experience is a very, very important part in football. So yeah, it's just like that understanding of a game. I know I scored goals and I know I assisted, assisted and everything, but for me, the best part was understanding the game. And that was for me like very, very beneficial. And looking at it this season, you came on at half-time against Swansea when we were... Um Time will be, we're battling obviously for all three points, and since then you've started every game since you were introduced at that point. When you look at it now, do you feel that your confidence is growing all the time? Yeah, yeah, my confidence is growing all the time. Like I said before, I'm a very confident guy, I believe in myself, I fancy myself against anyone, and I'm proud to say that as well. Mm. But um, yeah, after that Swansea game. I've been starting every week and I feel like every week I get that little extra like extra strength. I don't know how to say it, but it's, it's, once you're on the pitch, you feel more comfortable every week. Week in, week out, you feel more comfortable. And, and I think yeah, it will only get better. It will only get better. And like I, can, I can't wait to the next game. I can't mm. wait. And since as a fellow creative player, obviously played at the highest level, that mindset of I fancy myself against anyone, is that something that you have to have, particularly in your style? I like that. It's not a. There's a difference of being confident and disrespectful or arrogant. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. you need a little bit of arrogance, but that's. Listen, Ilias, and from what I've seen, he's very confident in his own ability. I think if you go on the pitch with that type of mindset, I was never phased who I was playing against. I probably was towards the end of my career, if, to be honest, when I was his age just used to go and play and I could be playing up against an experienced guy who's played 400 yeah. games in the Premier League yeah. in international and that wouldn't bother me because I would back my own ability yeah, exactly exactly and that's why I feel and it's not to be I'm, I'm not being cocky or something mm -hmm. I'm just being like I'm just belief yeah that belief in me and I think you need that belief as well for like for the future you do I think you need that belief if you don't have that belief you you can see people crumble in big moments and I, I want to mm. rise in big moments. That's, that's my, my whole thing. So, yeah, just trying to keep doing my best. The QBR fans love the creative players. Obviously, you've seen it more recently with the beer and with, with yourself. How much do you enjoy playing in front of the fans? Oh, it's incredible. Incredible. I can't, I, I can't be more proud of our fans, to be fair. Every week they've been there. Cup games, they've been there. They've been supporting us. Um, we have a, we all know we have a young team. It's not always easy to just to support the young players, and they're always supporting us. And I'm really, I'm really glad that we have that fan base that is really supporting the young players and pushing young players to as well to play and always being happy for them. So yeah, I really enjoy them. 
And QPR fans, when they speak to you, do they talk to you about a certain other Moroccan player that was around these parts? Yeah, yeah, they do. They definitely do. Yeah. Um, I saw that other Moroccan player in Marrakesh and... Uh, <laughs> Well, I can tell you, I don't think he's changed. He's <laughs> the same. He's the same. Well, he lost a few pounds, but that's <laughs> Well, Adele Tarabi is 30 now, so I'm guessing you would have been 12 or 13 when he was at QPR and doing what he did. Were you aware of Adele Tarab at QPR back then? I was aware of Adele Tarab at Spurs. Right. Yeah, I was aware, but because um, it's weird, but we Moroccans, we have like. It's always on TV. It's always if if there's a Moroccan player that's doing good stuff and being successful, it it will be on TV. Mm. So yeah, one day uh, my dad was just watching watching um, Moroccan football, and then they were talking about Adel Tarab being being that player and the the nutmegs and the skills and everything. So yeah, and then from there on, you see him playing at QPR and scoring the goal, scoring that goal against Swansea, and just uh, it's just incredible, incredible games. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, so, did you were you speaking with him in Marrakesh? Uh, no, I couldn't get hold. Of, I couldn't get hold of him. But um, I, we saw them like the the Olympic squad just passed like passed like that, and we were talking a little bit, but it was not really that. We weren't really, really talking, but you can see he's just the same guy making jokes uh, and, and <laughs> doing the same thing. So yeah, great yeah. stuff. And uh, just finally, looking ahead to this weekend. Um, Millwall at the Den and a, a certain Matt Smith coming up against us, no doubt. Looking forward to this one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Funny enough, I saw Matt Smith in, uh, when I went to uh, Morocco or International. I saw him in, uh, in the airport because he was going on holiday for, uh, with the missus to Portugal for a couple of days. So, yeah, I saw him and I said, uh, I can't wait. I can't wait. It's my, it's my first derby as well. Mm. Um, and it's going to be a special feeling. It's going to be a special feeling and I can't wait. I can't wait. I mean, a lot is made, a lot is made of the atmosphere at places like like the Den, and you just seem to be so excited. You want it to be now. Yeah, yeah. I just I can't like if it's tomorrow. It's not. It's no problems for me. I can. <laughs> I will go there tomorrow. It's no problems for me. I wanna. I want to feel that kind of atmosphere there as well. I wanna. I wanna embrace them kind of challenges, and that will only make me tougher. And that's what I want. You seem very happy at QPR right now. Yeah, yeah. I'm very happy with every with everything. The club. Everyone in general, from from staff to secretary to players to everyone, is just unbelievable. And I hope we can go, we can do great things. Excellent, Elias. Thanks very much for joining us, and no uh, best of luck on Saturday. Thank you very much. Good no luck, Elias. Thanks. Thank you. If you're based overseas, you can watch QPR take on Millwall at the Den this Saturday live on QPR Plus for just five pounds. For full details, visit qpr.co.uk forward slash QPR Plus Pass. Great catching up there with Ilias, and he's certainly a very relaxed but confident chap, isn't he, since? Well, I think that comes through on the pitch. You know, I think sometimes your personality of yourself shines through in the way you play football. And uh, I just love the way he plays. I think he's always never hides, he's always looking to, to get on the ball, wants it in tight situations. And as I say, his ability on the ball and what he sees and passes he finds um, are really good. And Millwall is next up for Ilias and his teammates. Um, and as they say, it's never easy going to the Den and South London, etc. Um, but since, what can we expect from, from the game against Millwall? Any side that goes to Millwall, you're going to have to roll your uh, sleeves up and battle first and foremost. You know, it's a, 
it's it's a tough place to go. It's a tough place to go. How can I say this? It's a tough place to go because of the atmosphere that's created. You look at Millwall's home record last year. Other than the bottom three, they had the worst home record in the league. So if you can manage the the atmosphere in the first 10, 15 minutes, just like we do when John Eustace and guards took us there at the end of last season, almost fight fire with fire in the first 15 minutes, silence that boisterous crowd, then try and play your football. I think that's the way. So uh, it's always a tough game, like anywhere in the championship. So uh, first 20 minutes is going to be key. They've had a, a mixed start to the season. They actually start the season very well. They picked up seven points from their first three league games and knocked West Brom out of the, the Carabao Cup. But since then, they got knocked out of the Cup by Oxford and have picked up two points from their last four fixtures, most recently losing 2-0 at Blackburn on Saturday. So, Watto, I'd imagine from Millwall's point of view, they might see this as a, a good opportunity to almost get back on track at home. A London derby should be a great atmosphere um, so there is that challenge that, that lies from that yeah I mean I'm quite surprised by Stinson's stat about their home record because yeah, we... I mean that's what that's what we come to expect from QPR Plus's co-commentator <laughs> that level of knowledge is research at the once statistics more. yeah so I mean I'm astounded by that because I think it's a strange one whenever you look at, at Millwall away you think wherever they are in the table you know you're always expecting a, a tough game um, and I think as you say them being at home, a London derby. Um, I know, you know, on, on social media, they, you know, they've been promoting the game for a while. So I'm sure it's one that they'll be targeting as, you know, a perfect opportunity for them. And they'll probably, you know, like other other people from the outside are probably thinking QPR, you know, at home, very winnable game. Um, so yeah, from from their point of view, having lost it at the weekend, they'll be thinking, right, this is our chance to to get back on track. And when we play against a former player, you always fear they're going to score. And when it's against a former striker, it seems almost inevitable. Uh, Matt Smith, again, I suppose like the team, started very well from a goal-scoring point of view. He scored uh, twice for them early on. Um, he was on the bench at Ewood Park, having started the previous two fixtures. But I would imagine Matt Smith will be desperate to, to start against QPR this weekend. You'd imagine so, yeah. He's, um, he's already been on, on Twitter having a bit of a, a joke with the BRA after his... <laughs> trying to outdo his um, his little skill at the weekend, um, so yeah, undoubtedly Matt will be looking at this one, keen to um, keen to play his part. And obviously, we know we know what, what what Matt Smith is all about. You know, he he was brilliant for for us during his time here. And um, yeah, as you say, he he seemed to start the season really well with with Millwall, and he, he seems to be a perfect fit for them. And uh, since coming to you, of course, um, head of the game done all your research for QPR plus co-commentary duties. Where does Mill's big threat lie? With someone like Matt Smith, if he does play, I know he didn't play at the weekend, uh, Boo Varson, you know, got mm. goals uh, at various places where he's been. I like the wide player, tend to look at them for obvious reasons. Jed Wallace, I think, is a really good player, direct. Um, he's already got a couple of goals, but uh, so he'll be a threat. But if you look at their seven games they've only scored five they haven't scored more than one in a game yet so I don't think they'll be I don't think they're going to make the pitch really really big and wide open for us to play they're going to really get in amongst us and stop us playing and maybe look at set plays etc etc but uh, that's them you know we 
we respect Millwall like any team in the division. You know, it's going to be a really, really tough game. But I always like to come back to us mm. if we can continue in the manner that we've been over the last few weeks. If we're right, we get through the first 15, 20 minutes, you know, silence the crowd. I'm positive we can go and get um, a positive result. And I say a positive result, I mean a win. Mark Warburton's approach is very much possession-based football. And you would think as well, if we are able to, to do that on Saturday, just by us having the possession in that early period, that, that could silence the crowd as well, not to give them too much to get behind. Well, I think, you know, if I'm, if I'm looking at the game and head of a, how, if you're saying to me, head of a perceived, I think we're going to have the line share position. Um, I think Millwall will probably let us have it at the back. Uh, once we get in and around the halfway line, I think that's when they'll look to really shut down quickly and close down and put the foot in and make, make things uh, tough for us, you know. But uh, it's just about us you know, playing with that confidence, playing with that ability that we've got, moving the ball quickly. And being patient as well, waiting for the right openings. I've already said it's not going to be easy, but uh, we're in really, really good form at the minute. We certainly are, and hopefully we can continue that this coming Saturday at Millwall. Thanks for joining us on the Loftcast. We'll be back next week to reflect on that game at the Den and as well preview our home fixture with West Brom. (laughs) 